You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Freedom Pact. My conversational partner today, Aaron Marino, uh, as many people will know you, Alpha M, I think you've accumulated over 6 million subscribers on YouTube now covering topics, uh, lifestyle, grooming, fitness. Um, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. It's a pleasure, man. So the reason I go on the show is obviously, as I was growing up, especially through university, I struggled with confidence a lot. That was like my big thing. I had zero confidence. And I turned to your channel a lot to, to, to look at these topics and try and grow as a person in that regard. And so to me, I'll always remember your channel and view your channel as something that's helped a lot of you know young men with with confidence issues from your end of the perspective do you think that we are facing a confidence crisis in the world today especially in oh, young yeah. people what, what oh yeah man oh yeah it's got to be right i mean you look at uh you look at social media and i think that that's really done a number on on us as as a culture also hang on i'm turning this around so i sound better um that's better right i sound better now okay you know i i really do i feel like you know it's it's I am so thankful, honestly, that I'm older and that I didn't grow up with social media. I mean, growing up, you know, being a teenager, being a young adult, it's hard enough, right? You've got a lot of pressures, you know, just from, you know, your, your peers and, and the pressures that you place on yourself. Now, like, like multiply that by a million with, with social media and Instagram and all of these fantastic, fabulous people doing amazing things all the time you know, it, it, it's overwhelming, honestly, it's overwhelming for me. And I'm, you know, a 44 year old guy. Am I 44, 45? I'm, I think I'm 45, actually. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I just, I can't imagine the pressure that, you know, young, young people feel today and having it ever present with, you know, social media, everybody has, you know, it, you know, something in their pocket that's going to remind them what they should or sh they shouldn't be doing. And, and, uh, you know, it's overwhelming. And so I would imagine it would be overwhelming. And so I think we, we do. We are definitely facing a, uh, in a, a crisis or we will soon because people, you know, it's not reality. And that's the thing. It's not it's not reality. You know, seeing all these you know, people online that are making all this money through just, you know, some platform that they, they lucked into and, and, you know, they figured out a mechanism to make money. It's, it's not reality. It's hard to make money. It's hard to be successful. It's hard to be happy. And, um, and I think that, you know, when we, when we chase these ideals or chase these ideas of what we think are, you know, we, what we should be, you know, doing or chasing, it's, uh, it's definitely going to impact a lot of men, a lot of women, a lot of people in general, in terms of their confidence. Yeah, I think for me, uh, one of the big ones was obviously I was big into the sort of fitness YouTube space when I was a teenager. I was watching guys like Steve Cook, Christian Guzman. These guys were in just phenomenal shape all year round. And I remember, obviously, that was the standard in my head of where I wanted to be. And then I sort of constructed this narrative where, you know, if I didn't look like that, then that wasn't good enough. And, and, and also, there's very little transparency in our industry about 
how they attain the physique they attain. And so for me, looking in quite naive, I remember thinking, right, I'm following all their workouts. I'm eating all their food. And I'm like, I must be the problem. I must, it just must be something wrong with me. And that sort of bled into my confidence. And I imagine for kids today, like you said about these, you know, guys that are so successful, they look at someone like a, a Logan Paul on, on YouTube that does just tremendous numbers. And, you know, they start a YouTube channel themselves and they get 10, 20 views a video. And all of a sudden they compare themselves. And they think, man, I'm the problem. So what, what narratives do you think are probably quite damaging to confidence? In terms of, of you know, Social media. you know, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think the fitness one is a big one, right? Um, you know, you kind of nailed it. You know, you look at all these guys that are, that are posting pictures on Instagram and they all look amazing. You know, these are like, you know, they don't, they don't, you, you fail to realize that, you know, there's a lot of nuance that goes into looking that good. Not to mention a lot of these guys are taking, you know, supplements, quote unquote supplements that are not necessarily what you can find at your local, you know, uh, 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 supplement store, you know, it's, it's not reality. And, and that's also something where, you know, that's not a healthy way to live. And that's something I, I used to be in the fitness world pretty heavily as well. I competed as a natural bodybuilder. And what you don't realize is, you know, when the best, when you look the best that you possibly can, you feel the worst, you know, it's, wow. it's not something that is sustainable. Also lighting with filters. I mean, there's a lot of things that are making these young guys think, Hey, wait a second. I started working out six months ago. Why don't I look like that? When the truth is it, it just takes time and, and, and just, just consistency with that. The other thing that I think is probably uh, like the, the hustle culture, right? You've got people like Gary V and all these, you know, successful entrepreneurs and Grant Cardone's and all these, you know, make money. And this is how you do like that to me is super toxic. Um, not that the message that I think Gary Vee is, is just a different animal, but when you look at him and all he's doing and what he does, you know, if you try to compare yourself to that, it's going to make you feel like you're a failure, right? Because nobody can, can live up to that, that amount of work or effort or, you know, fabulousness. And so, you know, I think that that's also super damaging. I think that you've just got to figure out what makes you happy and, and, and sort of figure out if you can figure out what makes you happy and then, then figure out a way to do that routinely and regularly. I mean, that's really what it's about, but trying to live up to the standard that we see is, is impossible and an exercise in futility. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that some of the names you mentioned there, because that's something I've been reflecting on a lot lately. Um, I obviously have been a fan of the personal development space, you know, ever since I was about 15 and I've, you know, I've read all the, the big books. I followed all the gurus. I've been tempted into a few courses in my time. Um, but you know, there's so much, like you said, there's misinformation and, and, and a naivety. I mean, when you look at someone like a, a Grant Cardone or a Dan Locke who post all their private jets and, 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 and all these extravagant things. And it makes you think, Oh man, I want to hustle. I want to be like Grant Cardone. And then, you know, you're following them. And then all of a sudden, yeah, but the truth you. is like, like Grant Cardone, here's the thing. Grant Cardone actually has done some stuff. Other people sure. like the Dan Locks of the world have done nothing other than convince people that, you know, they have the ticket and it's all, it's this formula. I recently saw a documentary on Netflix um, talking all about money and why people fall into Ponzi schemes and, and, and all of these different, you know, sort of scenarios. And the, the thing that they actually talked about was this, these, these, these people, you know, that are, that are now teaching you how to make money. That's kind of like the newest 
sort of, you know, almost like, uh, like, like, like trick, right? Yeah. Like that's like what, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's all about buy this course, come to the seminar, buy this upset. It, and, and all these people have really done is figure out the formula to convince people that they are successful when the truth is all the really successful at or have done is convince you that they're successful and that you should buy their programs. For sure, man. I think with Dan Locke, especially um, when we started this podcast, we were supposed to have Dan Locke on the show and um, there was a bit of a delay sorting that out. And then I started watching these videos on YouTube of these people giving their experiences who follow Dan Locke. And these people were thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in debt because they sign up to the course, they complete the course, all of a sudden, well, to get the most out of the course, you need to buy the VIP course. They do the VIP course. To get the most out of the VIP course, you need to fly out to the seminar. You need to upgrade, to, and it's just a con. And then, man, it's, there's so much information, this um, misinformation, and it's, it's quite a scary reality when you, when you think about the kids that get drawn into these things their heart's in the right place. Their intentions are in the right place. There's just so much out there on the, the internet. The, it's hard the, to know what's real. The truth is there is no easy way, right? And, you know, the other, the other reality is that all the stuff that these gurus are selling and talking about in the seminar, it's out there. All this information is out there for free. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars in order to learn this tip and trick. It, it, it's all out there. I mean, nothing they're saying is reinventing the wheel. And if you're going to be successful, you know, it, it just takes a lot of hard work and it takes you sort of nose down grindstone. And, um, and you know, eventually... You know, you'll stumble upon things that work and you adjust and change, but it just takes time. And I think really the idea and the sale for a lot of these, you know, online gurus is just, hey, this is an easier way. I figured out a formula, follow this formula and you are going to be successful. And the formula, unfortunately, is something that that just takes time, energy and you uh, you put in your putting your work in. Yeah, that's why I'm a, I, I do really admire um your work in that sense that I think you have this genuine connection with your audience in which they know they're not being exploited. You're not trying to get anything out of them. You provide them with value. Obviously they provide you with a view on the video, for example. Um, yeah. I mean, so, that, that, that being said, I mean, I do sell products, right? I sell sure. grooming products. I sell skincare products. I sell, like I promote things. But those are things so you not, believe in. Yeah. It's all things that I believe yeah. in. And so it's, it's, you know, if you want it great, if you don't want it, no big deal. Like I'm trying to, that's what I try to do. I never promote a product that I don't believe in. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I try to be as authentic and I try to add as much value as possible. You know, I, I decided a long time ago that I would never promote something that, that I didn't believe in, that I didn't love. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to love or believe in everything that I talk about, but, you know, at, at least I can go to bed knowing that I didn't try to swindle anybody out of out of their hard earned money just because, you know, it makes me more money. So. Love that, man. So what is your or what was originally your mission with Alpha M? What were you trying to what problem in the world were you trying to solve? What was the mission? So when I started that, when I started Alpha M, the YouTube channel, it strictly was just an outlet. I mean, I started that back in 2008. So this was before. <sighs> You, I mean, nobody made money on YouTube. It wasn't even like you didn't think about this. Now, um, it's different, right? Everybody knows that if you have an audience, you know, you can potentially make, you know, good money. And so when I started, it was simply I started an image consulting firm back in 2006, and it was, you know, what? Let me 
let me start just making videos. I had heard about this YouTube thing. I had never really been on it. I was very untech savvy. And I went and I was like, you know what? There's nobody really talking about style in a in a in an everyday guy kind of way. And so when I started it, I said, you know what? Let me just start talking about some of the things that I'm interested in. I've always been interested in style and grooming and started with style. And then um, the first sort of question that got asked to me after I posted my first video of, hi, I'm Aaron Marino from Alpha M Image Consulting. It was a, a gentleman asking, hey, I'm a bigger guy. What should I wear? And it was that moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like they're actually somebody that's interested in what I have to say. And that's all it took. I was hooked from that moment. And, um, and I found my home. I found my voice. I think for, for the majority of my life, the thing that I was really searching for was just to feel valued and to feel like I was making a difference. And so that kind of, you know, it, it, it when that happened, when somebody asked me a question and I did a video, it was, that was literally all it took. And, and, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. So here's something that makes me feel that genuine connection to your channel. So obviously in the UK where I'm from, there's a massive TV show. Everyone loves it's called Dragon's Den. You were on the American version called Shark Tank. Um, obviously you, you were pitching a product and, and, and in the end, the dra- sorry, not the dragons, the sharks wanted to invest in you and, and, and Alpha M, but you didn't let that happen. So why did that mean so much to you? So, so yeah, I was on, I was on Shark Tank twice. I was on uh, season four where I was pitching the Alpha M style system. I came up with this, this DVD series that helped guys, you know, like pick out outfits and it was, uh, it was a good idea. The execution was wrong. And, um, and you know, it was DVD. If it was an app or something like that, it would have been really successful. I was charging like $297 because I was sort of in, I was, I was trying to create an information product and information products back then were, you know, that was kind of like the thing 297, not 300, that 97, like, and so I was trying to do that. I had no business doing information products. And that's the thing about me. I don't like info products for me personally to sell. I know they're successful. I know that, you know, there are a lot of people that have great info products, but for me, it was just not something I was interested in. And so I got rejected. They didn't want to do it, but I, I, I went home and, and I was bummed out. I didn't get any, I, I literally sold one style system the night that Shark Tank aired and I was devastated. I'm like, wait a second, hold on. This idea is great. What are you talking about? Apparently the market let me know that it is not a great idea. And so, um, and so it's funny, I, I used to have a conference, a men, men's lifestyle conference, and a guy came up to me and said, you know how you've talked about that first night of Shark Tank, you sold one style system? I'm like, yeah, he's like, you're looking at the guy who bought it. I'm like, no way. I'm like, you, you deserve like a medal or something. And so I went on again. Um, I started another company, a grooming company called Pete and Pedro, where I sell hair product. And so went on, I went back and I was like, all right, this is it. And so the interesting thing about that, I was positive that they were going to be interested in this business. At the time, I think I was doing like 50 or $60,000 a month. I mean, it's a great business. Profit margins were great. You know, the revenue was, 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 was going up like great. I mean, it was a great business. And I know that, that any other business that went on there and pitched that they would have gotten an investment. But what happened was they realized that the only reason why that business was a great business was because I was doing what I was doing on, on YouTube and had this audience. And so they're like, Hey, you know, it could, it could be hair product. It could be something else, but it's you, it's your ability to sort of pitch and drive a message and connect with people. And so we want to invest in you. 
And I was like, oh, man. Okay. So number one, I was really flattered. I was like, that's like the nicest thing anybody's ever said. Right. And um, and so on the show, I took a deal with Barbara. But then as soon as I got done, I'm like, I was on the plane home and I'm like, I cannot sell part of my Alpha M, you know, sort of brand to somebody because that I, when I do that, I completely lose the ability to be like authentic. I felt anyway, because at that point, you know, somebody else's money is on the line. So if I get a deal with, you know, a product that I don't like and I don't, you know, and I don't believe in it, somebody else might be, no, wait, 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 wait. you're, you're getting a, you're making a lot of money off of that. And so I felt like it was, it was best that I, that I said, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. And so as soon as I got home that Monday, I sent an email and just said, Hey, I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to, I'm going to go at it my, myself, but thank you. Wow. So what, were there any other lessons that, or, or things that you value that you've taken away from that whole Shark Tank experience? That experience, the whole Shark Tank experience is amazing. If you're an entrepreneur, like you should be watching Shark Tank, like every night, watch an episode. Because the thing that was so amazing about that, that experience for me is that I got to hang out like with a bunch of really smart entrepreneurs. The way that it works, I think they film like in two different like blocks. And so they'll have, they'll fly, they flew me out to California along with these other entrepreneurs and they, they put us up at a hotel. And so in this whole hotel, it's like nothing but like entrepreneurs. And so you start meeting and talking to all these really smart people. And that was the thing that was so sort of inspiring for me. I felt like when I went out the first time, I'm like, you know, talking to people that like invented like, you know, a robot that, you know, walks your dog for you. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I teach people how to dress. It was like, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a, 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 a definite reality check. Um, but, but yeah, so that was the thing that was really so inspiring was just realizing that there's so many smart people. And if you are an entrepreneur, you should watch that show because the sharks, they ask some really great questions and, you know, the stuff that they're saying, the, 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 the questions are bringing up are things that you need to think about. You know, when you are an entrepreneur, the thing that I've learned is that, you know, you need to have really good friends that aren't afraid to hurt your feelings because too often you'll see somebody like even just I'll use Shark Tank as an example because we're talking about it. You'll see something. You'll be like, how did that ever become a thing? Why did nobody tell them that was a horrible idea? Right. It's because nobody wants to hurt their feelings. But, you know, it's really about surrounding yourself with people that that will be true and honest with you. And if something is a piece of shit, you know, don't try to, you know, act like it is and let them know, you know, I really I'm not feeling this. And so, um, you know, Shark Tank is a, is a great resource for entrepreneurs just to be inspired and, and hear some of the, the 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 realities of, you know, the questions they ask are are these are smart people. They really know what they're talking about. And so you got to listen to them. And if they're saying something now, sometimes they're wrong, of course, or they don't see the vision, but most of the time they're dead on and accurate, you know, smart, successful people are smart and successful. And it doesn't really matter really what industry they could bring value to the industry or the the product or the, the thing that you're trying to do. So I've told this story before, but I'd, I'd love to sort of make this relevant to you. So I started this podcast two and a half years ago, but originally I wanted to start it probably about five or six years ago. And I just started making a little bit of content, putting it out there. And I was in university at the time. And I remember one day I tried to keep it private, keep it to myself. I remember one day I woke up and my housemates found the video and just ripped into me. Um, 
I was just, I just felt embarrassed. Obviously, there was no one watching at the time. There was, I had like two views on it, and I was just the butt of all the jokes. And I just, to, I backed down. I put the video on private. I stopped. I didn't make any more. And it, it wasn't until years later where I thought I dropped that fear. But so for you, especially, you started out when YouTube really wasn't a thing. No one really knew about it. Did you have any reaction from peers, friends, family? And, and what was that like? And did oh, yeah. you ever doubt it? Oh, yeah. Well, well, so <laughs> it's funny story because, uh, it, you know, my wife would always like. So I, when I started making YouTube videos, when I'd go to like a party or an event or, or see like friends, they'd be like, oh, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I make videos. And my wife was like, don't say that. You sound like you're, you know, doing porn or something. And I'm like, OK. And so this was long before YouTube was like a cool thing. And people were like, oh, you're a YouTuber. Like, let's talk about that. That sounds really cool. Um, and it was it was almost like Internet dating. When Internet dating first started, nobody really wanted to admit that they were Internet dating or that they met online. Right now, it's like, yeah, where do you meet? Well, where where else would you meet other than online? Um, and another funny story was was um, I was doing a uh, I was I would film videos in a spare bedroom. And so I had my tripod and a camera, video camera set up. And my wife was interviewing a, uh, a cleaning woman who didn't speak English very well. And so she's showing her around the house and she didn't know that my camera was set up in there. And so she opens the door and this woman just, she said the look on her face when she saw this camera pointing on this bed was like, you know, uh, she was like, what? It was, it was, yeah. it was pretty funny. My, my wife was super pissed about that, but, uh, but now, it, you know, people, yeah, people definitely, you know, would would be like, you do what? And then, you know, once it became kind of like a bigger thing, people were like, hey, you know, hey, you helped me tie a bow tie or hey, I, I, you know, I, I learned to match socks, you know, watching your videos and, and stuff like that. And so it's been an evolution. But yeah, in the early days, it was uh, it was it was challenging. The other thing that happened in the early days, I didn't know what my voice was supposed to be and this is kind of like a lesson out to the audience to just be you and do do you as they say um when i started it was it was me you know standing there talking about stuff and then i would look and i'd see other youtubers that were getting a lot of views and that were successful and i thought that you had to be crude and obnoxious and rude and outlandish and so i started to go that route and um it ended up being that that I was ashamed almost of, of, of the content that I was putting out. I was saying things that were absolutely like totally shitty and I've taken those videos down. But the thing that really kind of made me, you know, continue. And, and when I really started to see the success for me personally, was when I kind of just allowed people to see, you know, the real me and, and be vulnerable and, and authentic and, and just not try to be something I wasn't when that happened, then, you know, everything started to kind of fit in and fall into place. And, and I started to feel better about the content. I was getting more, you know, views and, and things kind of just not took off. Ne things have never taken off from my channel. It's always been like a slow, you know, grind. It took me like nine years to get a million views or a million subscribers. I mean, literally nine years, you know, so in the first six years, I didn't get paid anything for these these videos. Like I didn't have subscribe or I didn't have sponsors. I, I think back then you had to actually apply to be a, a YouTube partner and you needed to have like 10,000 subscribers before you could actually even make money on on videos or monetize them. And so it was a different world. And so I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was just the pure aspect of loving 
the fact that that I was I had a voice and and I could share my perspective and people were actually valuing it that that kept me going and and um, ultimately I think made me made me successful. So if there's people watching or listening right now and they're thinking Aaron Lewis I I've got a dream I've got a goal like this I know what I want to do. I'm just scared of what people are going to say. I'm scared of what people are going to think. They're going to laugh at me. What would you say to those people? I'd say they probably will. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, they may. And you know what? You've got to decide whether or not, you know, you've got one shot at this life. You know, that's kind of what I've come to realize, you know, 45 years, you got one shot. And I would rather, I would rather try and fail and have people and and the other reality is that people don't care as much about you and your success as you think they do. You know, people don't care. They're so busy with their life. They're so busy with their own, you know, priorities, trying to figure their own happiness out that, you know, it's, it's not as, as big of a deal as you think it is. And the, for me, the fear of, of, of regret is much stronger than the fear of failure. Once you fail, you know, it, it, it gets easier and I think you've just got to get that first like failure out of the way. You know, you had your friends laugh at you when you started and you, you shut it down. And that was kind of like a failure, right? Because you, you gave up, you gave into that, that pressure and, and, you know, your own little like internal voice that was, that was saying, you're not good enough. This is stupid. Don't do this. And if you, I mean, think about where you would be now, if you had kept going and just like, it's, it's scary. And that's the other thing. Like, it's scary to think about, you know, okay, when you first started thinking about, and I always correlated to like fitness, right? If you, the first time you thought about getting in better shape, if you would have just started then, <laughs> where would you be now? As opposed yeah. to waiting, you know, six months and five new year's resolutions. And just like, it's about action. It's about try it. If it doesn't work. Okay. At least you took it off the table. Um, but, but yeah, just get out there and give it a shot. I mean, what literally do you have to lose other than, you know, you have nothing to lose. We talked all about confidence at the top of the show. Um, I just wonder what sort of advice or tips you would give for, for people lacking in confidence, where are the places they should, where are the areas in their life they can take a look at? Is it a case of maybe looking internally rather than externally? Are there external factors you think they should look at? Where would you originally point people to if they came to you and said, I'm low in confidence? The gym you know, fitness is, is, is the thing that I found at 12 years old. That is, uh, that is, that is the reason why I feel I am as, as well-adjusted, confident and happy and, and, um, well-grounded as I am. I mean, fitness changed my life and, you know, the simple act of going in, working out, challenging your body, it makes you feel better about yourself. It just does. And so I would say that that is the number one place that somebody should start is start taking an active role in your, your physical health. And that could be, you know, it could be going to the gym. It could be going for runs. It could be doing pushups at home. It could be just watching what you eat and not doing the self-destructive things. You know, we know, we know when we're making right decisions and we know when we're making bad decisions. And so by just starting to make better decisions, it's amazing how that will actually impact your confidence. Because, you know, when we, when we go down the rabbit hole of bad decision after bad decision, whether or not it's, we know we shouldn't go out drinking seven nights a week or five nights a week. And we know that we probably shouldn't get drunk and we know we probably should eat a little bit better. And we know that we should probably spend more time studying or going to the gym. You keep doing those, those things that you know, you shouldn't be doing. It affects your confidence. It, it affects your self-esteem. 
And so when you just start making some better decisions, that does the opposite. It actually starts boosting your, your internal, you know, kind of confidence and, and that self-esteem. And over time, it'll just naturally kind of like a rising tide. It'll just make you feel better about yourself. And, you know, when you feel good about yourself, anything is possible. It affects every aspect of your life. You're a better partner. You're a better employee. You're a better entrepreneur. You're just better when you feel good about yourself. And, and like I said, that is the reason why I started my channel is just to, you know, hopefully help a few guys just feel better about themselves and more confident. Um, you know, self-esteem is one of those big aspects of confidence that, that I think you really need to focus on, you know, helping other people is another area that you can, that you can go to, to actually, you know, boost your confidence and your happiness, you know, just helping people, you know, whether or not it's, it's opening the door for somebody or, you know, just going and volunteering or just helping somebody that, that might not even thank you. I mean, that feels really good and, and it definitely helps your self-esteem. So this is not something I'm surprised by, but just from listening to you talk now for the last half an hour, um, it's really made me think and admire what an effective communicator you are. And that's no surprise to me. You've been in this space a long time. You've talked to a camera more hours than, than anyone will probably ever do in their life. But I just wonder, maybe it wasn't always that way. So from the start of your journey to now, is there anything you've done? Is there anything you've studied, looked at? What steps have you taken along the way to try and become a more effective communicator? It is just about practice. I mean, wow. if you think about it, I started posting videos, you know, back in 2008. And, you know, prior to that, I was a personal trainer. And so prior to that, I, you know, I was in, I was in high school and, and I was a, you know, insecure little kid who really just wanted to be liked. And so I, I took an active role in, you know, just being friendly and engaging with people from, from a young age, just because I didn't want to be the new kid in all these different schools that I was moving to. And so for me, it's just about, it's just about practice. I am not great at thinking like quickly on my feet or delivering a message. It's something that I've just gotten better at because of the, the, the practice it's, it's reps, right? You, you're a great, golfer, you're a great soccer player, you're a great free throw shooter, basketball, like whatever it is, it just is somebody who puts in the time and the energy. And I've put in time and energy for the past, you know, 14 years or however long it's been. And so that's really what it is. And also visualization, Shark Tank, tie it back to Shark Tank. Shark Tank was one of those situations where I was super nervous going into that, right? Because what you don't realize is, or maybe some people do, but there's no stop, right? Once you get in that shark tank, you just pitch. And I always would amaze me that people could get their pitch out and not screw up and not stammer. And I mean, in that environment where the pressure's on, there's, you know, just this intense anxiety. It always amazed me that, that people could get it out there. What I realized is that by the time I went into shark tank, I had practiced that pitch probably 2000 times. And, and I visualized, I put myself in that situation. And so I would get almost like physically nervous when I would even just practice because I was visualizing what it would be like to be there and delivering that pitch. So by the time you walk in and actually do it, it's the 2000 and first time that you're doing it. And so you, you, you just do it, you figure it out. And so visualization is not another tool that I've used for different scenarios and, and things over the years that has been a, an incredible tool. And the more realistic and the more accurate you can be in terms of 
sort of the, the environment or, or putting yourself in a mindset that you're going to be in when you're in that situation or occasion, it's amazing at how much better you become. And when you actually are there, how much easier it is, even though you're still nervous, even though like public speaking is like the biggest like fear that people have, you get better. And the more you practice, the better at it you're going to get. So for anyone who's watched your videos, they'll know that you have charisma and abundance. And, and for me, when I was younger, that was something I really struggled with. I always thought I was a very boring person, had very little charisma. And, and one of the big things that helped me was I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That did a lot for me in terms of um, you know feeling like I was more interesting, feeling like I had something to offer. Are there any sort of tips or advice or anything that has helped you in terms of your charisma and, and, and being more interesting? <laughs> I don't, not, not really anything in particular that I can think of. Um, you know, just being curious, you know, the thing that, that I love is, is, is learning about people. And so asking questions and really kind of being engaged and interested in people is something that I've, I've always kind of done. I, I love asking questions. I feel like everybody is interesting. I feel like everybody has a story. And so just being curious and asking questions, you know, as little kids, right? What do people, what do little kids ask? Well, why, well, why, well, why it's like, shut up kid. Right. And so just continuing to have that, that curiosity and, and be okay. And just asking questions and being curious, that's something that's, that's helped me. And the more you learn, the more you engage with people, the better at communicating you get, the better people skills. And if you, here's something I will say, if you can communicate with somebody or a stranger that you meet and you can walk into a room and strike up a conversation, it's like a superpower. It's going to put you so far ahead of most people that are awkward and feel insecure when they go into a room or an event or talk to a girl or a guy or whatever you're into, the more you practice, the more you do it. And here's a little something that I started doing that I tell people like, okay, if you want to start practicing, engaging, and just asking people questions, practice on people that don't matter. And what I mean by don't matter, some people are like, wait a second, everybody matters. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is people that you don't need to impress. You don't need to have them buy what you're selling, or you're not trying to date them. You know, people like cashiers, you know, strangers that you meet on the subway or, you know, whatever it is, just engaging and asking somebody, hey, how's your day going? And, and striking up a conversation and asking and, and practicing on people that you don't have a need in order, you don't have to impress them. It makes the times that you do meet somebody or need to impress somebody a lot easier to start that, that process. Plus, it just makes you feel good, you know, asking people about their day or how they're doing or are they doing anything fun this weekend or or what's their favorite Netflix show that they're watching. People like to be asked questions or you could also just give people compliments. That's another thing that I, I think really will help you in terms of your self-esteem and your people skills is giving somebody a compliment that you don't know, you know, whether or not it's their shoes or their shirt or whatever it is, people love getting compliments and it feels good to get them. And when you give somebody a compliment, it literally is impossible for somebody not to like you, right? If somebody gives you a compliment, even if they're a jerk, you're like, well, they're not that bad, right? And so those are a few little tools and tricks that I would like to uh, just share with your audience that I use. It's interesting because I mentioned um, that book there by Dale Carnegie and your answer basically reflected it per perfectly because my number one takeaway from that book was he said to be more focused on being interested 
rather than being interesting. And in turn, that's going to come back to you. So you basically reassured my point there. And I've never read that book. Dale's a smart guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You mentioned earlier, man, that you're you're into your 40s now, but this isn't me crushing on you. I can see you across the screen. Good skin, solid hairline, great teeth, great smile. Yeah, man. Some of the um, videos on your channel are all revolved around these aesthetics, these hacks. What are some of your favorite, favorite aesthetic hacks? You know, skincare is something that I'm incredibly passionate about, so much so that I started a business revolving <laughs> around it. You know, I wish I would have started taking better care of my skin when I was younger in my teens. I waited until my wife was like, yeah, I can see some wrinkles around your eyes. It's like, what? Um, you know, the earlier you start, it, the better at, you know, the better you're going to look, you know, moving forward. The other thing is your diet and hydration is so incredibly important. You know, we, we focus a lot on, you know, you know, using the right hair product and, and it's all about what you consume. You know, I, I joke that I'll tell you what you're eating. If you take your shirt off, I, I, I know what you're eating. Like if I see your skin, like you can tell it makes a huge difference. And the simple act of, of staying hydrated is something that not only is going to affect your, your, your weight, your, your skin, it, it affects everything and how you function, your brain functions. And so staying hydrated is also another something that people can do that's easy technically, but a lot of people neglect it. There's, they, they drink a lot of caffeine that actually dehydrates you, but you got to replace what you're losing by, by making sure you're drinking, you know, somewhere around a gallon of, of water a day. So, and there we are. It's right on. <laughs> as, brand. I, as I take a drink. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I have a few questions left in more of our quick fire questions that we ask every guest that comes on the show. So they're non-specific. Um, I'm not sure if you're much of a, of a reader, but obviously I referenced the book there. Are there any books you've read in your life that have had an impact on you? I, you know, this is something that I used to lie about. I will just tell you, I don't read. Um, I can read. I just don't read books. Um, I used to lie because that was one of the things, right? In the self-help improvement internet world, everybody's like, oh, it's this book. It's this book. It's Mm. this book. And I, um, I went to a school when I was, uh, when I was in kindergarten that, um, that was like a, a sort of like a very progressive school. And they taught something called ITA, which is a form of phonics. And so they teach you how to spell based on how words sounded. And then in first grade, they switch you over to regular, you know, regular, the way that things are actually supposed to be spelled. And well, for 99.999% of the kids, everything works out well. Well, for me, it didn't like whatever they taught me in kindergarten, I locked into. And so reading and grammar and spelling has always been a very big, like insecurity for me. And so I never found the, the love of reading some books that I love that I've read or that I've listened to in terms of audiobooks or yeah. Ted talks is, Perfect. um, is Simon Sinek start with why. Mm. Um, I love that. I heard that and I actually saw his, his, his Ted talk and that rocked my world. And it really, you know, sort of exemplified, I felt, you know, why, you know, I do what I do. And, and, um, I love that. I love Simon. I think he's a great, great speaker, great motivational, person. Um, you know, another book that I've listened to that I, that I like is, uh, um, what is it? The subtle art of not given an F Mark Manson. <laughs> and the, yeah. And the reason is because, I mean, he really, you know, the thing, <coughs> excuse me, the thing and the takeaway from that book that I really kind of resonated with is that, that 
you know, I think that we, we assume, especially with, in the world of social media, that, that if everything was perfect, then life would be good. When the truth is it's the, it's the struggles, it's the trials and tribulations that actually give purpose and meaning to your life. And that's what, you know, helps you in terms of happiness. Um, and the other aspect is that, you know, we only have a limited capacity of things to care about, and you really got to focus on the things that matter as opposed to the things that, that really are inconsequential to your life and you living a happy and fulfilled existence. Two great recommendations in a really refreshing answer. I love that you didn't lie about it. And I'm just going to say <laughs> it because I think everyone needs to hear it. Audiobooks still count as reading as far as I'm concerned. I hate this sort of bravado where people think if you didn't physically read the book, then it somehow doesn't count. I, I, it's just too much bravado in that man. So you have read the books. I love it. Um, the next question. I agree, I I agree with you too. <laughs> the next question I have for you, the penultimate question. So if we were in a scenario now in which every person in the planet was tuned into the same frequency and you were given an opportunity to broadcast one little message or one little lesson that you think every person on the planet could benefit from hearing, what would Aaron Marino's message to the world be? Just take care of each other. You know, mm. that's it. I mean, it, it's it's sort of cliche, but I feel like we get so bogged down in in our differences and it really is, is you know, it's silly. You know, we we all just need to, you know, sort of step back and, and realize that we're all humans and it doesn't matter. Like if somebody wants to identify as a, a turnip, like who cares? Like it doesn't affect your life. Like we're all humans and we're all just trying to do the best job we can. And I think if you can figure out what makes you happy that's ultimately the, 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 the biggest you know, thing that you've got to figure out in this lifetime. Um, I think we spend way too much time focused on the, the differences and not enough on, on the things that make us similar. And, and we just need to love each other and, and do the best job we can. It's, it's tough. Life's hard, right? And so it doesn't need to be exacerbated by, by just being pissed off at things that you can't change or, or that really doesn't matter or affect you. You know, somebody wants to be gay or straight, like, like it affects me zero. And so, you know, all these fight, all these, you know, political fights that people have on Facebook and not liking somebody because they have a different view. It's just, mm. it's silly. And, um, you know, it's not going to ultimately make you happy or, or, um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my message was just, just be good to each other and, and, and realize that, you know, it's the differences that make us make us special and, and it's okay to not necessarily agree with somebody. It doesn't mean you have to hate them. Hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful answer, man. The final question I have for you, and this could be anything. It can be as cliche as you want. It can be whatever. It could be your family, it could be your friends. It could be your purpose, your job, whatever. For Aaron Marino right now, what makes a life worth living? For me, it's about um, it's about family and it's about being around people I love. You know, that's something that I, I think really the last year and a half is kind of sort of exemplified. I didn't realize how much I love hugging my mom or just being around, you know, people that I care about. It's you know, we are not supposed to be isolated. We as creatures, we are supposed to be around other creatures. We are you know, we are social animals. And, um, and that was the thing that, that really kind of, you know, stuck out was, man, I just can't wait to be around people that I love and, and just hang out and just talk to them and just be in their, their presence. And so, so for me, it's just about 
being around people that I love and, and, uh, you know, that makes me feel fulfilled. It makes me feel happy and it, and it, and it definitely fills my soul with, with joy. And so it's not money. It's not, you know, it's not fame. It's, it's just being around people I love. So for anyone uh, listening, watching right now, any of our audience that aren't already following you and your content, where can they find more from yourself? Alpha M on YouTube. Just search it and uh, you will find more than you need of me. <laughs> and uh, bear with me as I work through my own issues with uh, with content and and uh, and figuring it out. It's a it's a hard, hard, hard grind. But um I um I started going down the rabbit hole this past this past year, just really like focusing on clickbaity like thumbnails and titles, and I'm trying to pull it back a bit and and get back to basics and 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 create content that I'm proud of and and uh, so I'm I'm working through it. So so bear with me, but yeah, YouTube Alpha M, you'll find me there. I love it, man. And yeah, man, thanks for coming on and, and a personal thank you. Your content helped me a lot when I was uh a younger guy struggling to find his way. So I thank you for that as well. Lewis, you're a rock star, man. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Freedom Pack podcast. We'll be back with another episode on Friday. Until then, please come and join us over on YouTube where all these podcasts plus highlights of our best bits are uploaded to YouTube in video format. The best way you can support the show is to come on over and subscribe to us on that platform. Drop a comment on the videos. Let us know what you thought of them and we would love to interact with you. So please come and join us over on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash freedom pact. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.